Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, we're back with more. Another hour here of Sports Conversation. Get in the show. It's 412-928-9370 on the Fan Hotline. You can also tweet me at KD Pump. Matt's behind the glass, I'm behind the mic, and we want you to be on the other end of the call. Let us know what you think. The hot topic today is the Pirates and what to do as the trade deadline approaches. Still have plenty of time to figure that out as they have the next 15 games against teams right above them in the standings. They can make a statement or they could fall further back. That will no doubt influence Neil Huntington and what he is trying to do. Does he do what he does uh, did last year and go out and make a big splash for Chris Archer? Or because of that and what happened to it, does he become more reluctant and not do it? If you had a choice, Felipe Vasquez, depending on you know what you're looking at in return, would you make that deal? He is the best in the game, in my view. He's left-handed, no doubt. Hits it at 100, 101 miles an hour. He showed that strength last night against Milwaukee's three best hitters in the eighth when he struck out Grandal, Yelich, and Moustakis on 13 pitches. Uh, do you trade him or not? You can get a lot. If you get a lot, do you make that deal? Do you believe in the Pirates or not at this point? Or do you just keep it the way it is? Some people say stand pat. I put a little thing on Twitter on that. I get a lot of stand pats. Well, I think if they do that, it's because they're reluctant to do what they did last year. Let's get to the lines. Luke in Beachview has been holding on patiently. Hello, Luke, and welcome to hour number two of the program today. Bob, how you doing? What's up, man? Nothing much, man. I'm doing the weather. Anyways. Right now, um, I don't think the Pirates should be in cell mode. I think that you look at the Houston series, you look at what we did yesterday, I think you look at the batting lineup, and everyone's hitting from top to bottom. He substitutes, even Stallings is hitting. And you look at our bullpen, and our bullpen has been, being all, been doing all right as well. I think our main problem is our starting pitching, and it's inconsistency. But I think with what you said, we have some key pieces. Vasquez is, uh, is just completely on fire, and... Um, like I said, the hitting has been just spectacular. So I say, like, we were extremely close to uh, becoming in first place in our division, and we're close in the wild card race as well. I see. I say you take this series and this upcoming series with the Cubs, and I say that you see what you, where you are by the All-Star game. And all of July, you're basically playing division teams. So I say right now the Pirates need to evaluate what we can do all that happens up until the all-star break and then go from there. Personally. All right. Well, hey, listen, the only, you know, that that could be true. That's what they do. Uh, they wait and see how it goes. Um, but, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm my leaning at this point is to selling because I still think they need more in their organization. They have some good young pieces. They can certainly build around those pieces, but I think they need more. Um, you know, Dickerson and Cabrera are both free agents. I think there's a play to be made there. Some team would love to have Melky Cabrera off the bench um, because of what he is as a professional hitter. Yeah, make a deal if you can. Vasquez is the only one that would make it very interesting to me to see what I'd have to get. Uh, but they're, uh, you know, you, you got to look at what they have and realistically answer the question, what are they? Uh, you mentioned the wild card, uh, Luke, and the problem with that is there are seven teams ahead of them in the wild card. Seven teams. So you're battling a whole bunch. It may be a close four-game separation, but there are seven teams. 
So you better be better than all seven moving forward. Again, that's something that needs to play out before you can make a definitive decision. Jeff joins us in California. I assume you're in Pennsylvania, or is this the state of California, Jeff? I'm in the state of California. The state? In the state. All right. Yeah, a, I, I go way back. Um, but I wanted to mention about Vasquez. Uh, nobody's ever mentioned about when the Yankees had Chapman and the Cubs wanted him. The Cubs gave the Yankees like four guys, and Chapman wasn't under contract to, uh, for two months, and then they lost them. And the Yankees got four guys and Chapman back. So this is a different situation. So I, I'm thinking the Pirates should get at least six guys for Vasquez. With that contract, and as good as he is, and I just wanted to see what you thought about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm all ears. If that's the case, Jeff, if they offer me, and not only if they offered me, I demand it. I would go to the Dodgers because they are desperate. You know, really, the one weak link is their bullpen late in games, I think. Uh, you know, okay. Kenley Jansen has a big resume, but he also has collapsed at bigger times. I think the more that you can have, the better you are if you're that team. We talk about the Pirates, you know, bringing in people to help them get to whatever opportunity they may see as legit. The Dodgers legit right now think they're World Series champions. And the reason they have not won the World Championship recently is because their bullpen has faltered. Vasquez gives them something that they can absolutely ride with all the way to a championship. And if they're that desperate for him, which they should be, then I would want as much as I can get, and and I would not compromise. I say, this is what it's going to take. You want him? Come get him. But this is what I want. I think it's a minimum of six guys. Forget it. Well, they have to be higher. And here's the other thing I wouldn't do. I wouldn't settle, Jeff, for just numbers. Like I'm talking about quantity. I want quality. Sometimes I think the Pirates like to roll the dice instead of getting many the top-end guy in a trade. For example, Cole trade, okay? Now, Moran's been good, Musgrove, but these are not top-end guy. You know, they settle for four or five guys hoping two or three make it. And that's fine. I understand that logic. But in this case, I would want premium. I would want not only numbers of players, but I would want quality of players in their organization. And they have guys on their roster right now who are young kids. They don't have any room for a lot of guys. The Dodgers, I would make them pay if they wanted Vasquez. Let's go to Mike, who joins us here on the Bob Pompiani Show. Hello, Mike. Welcome to 93.7 The Fan. How you doing, Bob? What's going on? Hey, I just I don't see any point on selling this year. Um and the reason being, I just, you know, I watch these games and I don't see any team in the National League other than the Dodgers that the Pirates cannot compete with on a, on a nightly basis. That's my main reason. Uh, I just don't think that it's the National League is that strong this year other than the Dodgers. Well, okay, you can say that, but if someone gets hot for, you know, they have some teams that I look at in um... – Philadelphia, although they've gone backwards. Atlanta, I think, is legit. And I think the Pirates, you know, I think the Pirates can compete with the Dodgers if they get the right pitching. I do. But I also think that they can very easily go in a tailspin here and take them right out of any conversations of adding on because they're due for it. You know, when you get hot for a little bit, you go the other way. It's hard to sustain that kind of level of play. I know, but you can look at that. But also, too, you can look at the way they're playing now. And, I mean, to go to Houston and take two out of three and, and sit here and say you want to sell, it, when you're four out, when you got these teams coming in, let's just see it the next week or two and, and let it play out. But right now, I, I mean, the Brewers, I think we can compete with them. I, obviously, I think we compete with the Cubs right now. 
Um, you know, I just I think I think we're in a good spot right now, and you know we do need some pitching, starting pitching. I agree, but I think Rodriguez is pitching well. I you know, and Felipe, you get you get rid of that guy, you know, you're setting yourself back two to three years. I think not necessarily if you can get somebody who can take his place. Closers, you look around the league, Mike. Thanks for the call. You'll see that there are closers on any team who come out of nowhere, and and and, and teams that have won. The National League, I think, in the last the pennant. You look at all their closers they've acquired. There's a way to get guys who can fill that void. Um, not not as well as Vasquez is right now. I grant that. That's why I would offer or ask for a lot in return. Alan in Nashville. Alan joins us on the fan hotline. What's up, Alan? Hey, Bob. How are you? I'm doing great. What's going on down there in Nashville? Beautiful day. Hot and sunny. All right. <laughs> What's on your mind? Hey, so... Uh... I'm, I'm just a, I'm the Debbie Downer of the group, I guess. I'm just so tired of the cycle um, of the Pirates, and then every year, should they be a buyer? Should they be a seller? The biggest thing is, it. I don't even think it really matters because they're going to screw either one up. Um, if they, I'd, I'd almost rather them just stand pat because I'm enjoying the team and see if we can get some people back. Because if they decide to be a buyer, I mean, they're going to screw that up as far as I'm concerned. And if they're a seller, I hate to say this, but they're going to screw that up too because I don't trust them to be able to take uh, good players and get anything in return. I know they hit on a couple over the past year or two, but I just don't trust them. Can you separate, Alan, your view of management and their spending versus the group inside the locker room right now and how they've performed? Yeah, I do. I I love this team. Um, I wish they had more. Um, I wish they wouldn't have the injuries. I'm I'm actually a Hurdle fan for – you know, for all of his warts, I'm sort of a hurdle fan. Um, and like I said, I, the guy called a little bit ago and said that they just don't have quit in them. I agree. And if they could, if they could add a couple of good pitchers, um, some starting pitching there, I'd love to watch this team for the rest of the year. I just don't think that they're going to do it. The, the Archer trade was the worst thing because, and I know I'm going to claim to be the only person in the world. When they made that trade, I was very disappointed because I – I was not a huge fan of Archer as of late. I was younger in his career. Um, and it told me two things. When when they were going to need help in the offseason, they were going to say, well, we already made our moves, so we're staying in that. And I, I didn't even question the guys they gave up. I mean, Meadows, that hurt. And now what they're doing, I mean, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But I just was not real pleased because I thought it was going to be a built-in excuse for not doing anything in the offseason. And then when it is time to make a big trade, them saying, Hey, look, it doesn't work anyway. We tried it. Look what happened. So they're excuse. They're a bunch of excuse makers. The management, the best management team in baseball, and I just don't trust them. I, I hate to sound like a. No, I, I, like I, a listen. Talent. There are a lot of people who've been driven away because of this, Alan, and you sound like one of them. And I get it because they haven't put their money where their um, mouth is. They, they talk about winning I'm championships. There are though. then you have to step up and do it. I think you know the cynic in me always says, "Well, the Pirates are interested in competitiveness." And profitability. And if you can be competitive and keep enough people engaged, you make money, and then you don't have to necessarily go out. And, and for Bob Nutting, you know, he's probably saying, okay, I'm spending $77 million on my payroll this year. I'm right there with the Chicago Cubs who are spending $185. i am right there with the Milwaukee Brewers who are spending yeah. 130 So yeah, it confirms right. his wow. belief that he doesn't have to spend, and I think you do have to spend when the time comes. Thanks, man. Appreciate the call. 412-928-9370. That is the number to call. We have Mark DeStefano on Twitter at KD Pomp. He says, the only guy I would trade is Cervelli, even though I like him. Diaz and Stallings are my catchers. Well, number one, Mark, you ain't going to get much for Cervelli at this point. He's damaged, and he's at the end of a contract. 
Although, if someone's desperate for catching, maybe. Vasquez says Mark is untouchable. Chemistry is great on this team. And to quote Jim Rutherford again, it takes more than just great players to win. Stand pat is what Mark DeStefano says. Want to get more of your tweets and more of your calls? 412-928-9370. Thanks to our sponsors, PNC Bank. Make today the day at PNC. Allegheny Health Network, health for all. And driven by number one Cochrane. Go one better at number one Cochrane. More calls on the way right here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. So far, it's a beautiful day outside in Pittsburgh, expecting temperatures to be up near 90. Heat index up, too. We'll have all the official weather details coming at you at 12.55 today. In the meantime, 412-928-9370 is the number to call. You call us on the fan hotline. We're here taking those calls. You can also text this station on the Edgar Snyder & Associates text line, 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder & Associates reminds you to text responsibly. Our show is brought to you by the good people of PNC Bank. Make today the day. Allegheny Health Network, health for all. And number one, Cochrane, driven in style by the good people of number one, Cochrane. Also, Ireland Contracting, the home of the nightly sports call seven nights a week on Pittsburgh CW every night at 1035. Visit IrelandContracting.com. Tweets in, and I want to read some of those to you. You can hit me up at KD Pomp. Craig W. says, bottom line is this, Bob, they're a good team, yes, are they good enough to be a great team? No. Will they make the wild card? Probably not. Win the division? No. They have too many holes to fill to be a legit contender. Tim Delaney on Twitter says, I don't know if you heard, but Cubs ace Cole Hamels came out of the game with an oblique injury, headed to DL. That's two other starters gone, and I saw that. And you never know how it's going to work that way, Tim. Thank you. And we have this one from Muck Freddy, who says, Trade Felipe, move Archer to closer. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. They may trade Felipe, but it ain't going to be because they're going to put Archer in that role. He's struggling right now in any role he faces. 412-928-9370. Joe on the line in the south side. What's up, Joseph? How you doing? How you doing? What I want to talk about is uh, the bench and the bench that uh, Cliff Hurdle has. I'll tell you what, uh, Adazuna last night, he got a big hit. He's been getting big hits, pinch hit home runs. There's nothing wrong with that team. I wouldn't change much. I would not let uh, our catcher go back in there and play after six concussions. you got to protect him from himself because he can end up being a vegetable. And there's no there's no amount of money or sport that's worth that. The guy had six concussions. That's serious business. I mean, I, I don't know. I would not let him catch. Period. Now, I, not I, you know, he's not one of my best players right now. Therefore, uh, I'm going with Diaz and Stallings. The time has come. His his season ends, and it will with him becoming a free agent. And they're not going to re-sign him. So you may as well just do what you got to do with the young guys. Plus, again, it's a risk if you put Stallings on uh, the waiver list. Someone probably would claim him, and he's been pretty decent as a backup catcher. Tom joins us on the cell phone right now on the Bob Pompiani Show. Hello, Tom. Happy weekend to yeah. you. What's up? Yeah, you too, Bob. Hey, uh, one, I hate to trade uh, Corey Dickerson, but to me he's the obvious one because, uh, of course, his contract situation. And also they wouldn't be losing a lot offensively by trading him because they haven't had him all year. They've been producing with this offense, uh, you know, most of the year without him. So I, I, you, you would be a seller by getting rid of him in, in, in the contract and getting some for him. But also, you don't need to get prospects for him. You can get a starting pitcher for him that will help him this year. Uh, there's nothing to say that when you trade a valuable player, you have to get prospects uh, in, in return. Uh, get somebody that will help you now and get a, a de- halfway decent you know, starting pitcher for him 
And with the situation in the division, that could be enough to put them over the top. It could be. But let me ask you this, Tom. Do you think they're going to uh, regret doing what they did last year to the point where it'll make them hesitant to do it again this year? They should not let it uh, make them regret it because last year's trade has absolutely zero to do with the situation they have this year. Uh, you make a trade on the face of it last year. It was a good trade, and I'll still say it was a good trade. Just because he hasn't performed what he should have, it doesn't make that a bad trade. Oh, yeah, it does. So that, well, well, it should have nothing to do with their thought this year. No, because I, you're trading that I agree different, different people, different situation. Last year was last year. Forget it. It hasn't worked out so far. You take your lumps, you go on. You don't make, make it uh, so you're afraid to do another trade just because something didn't work out. That's crazy. I sure hope they don't think that way. Well, I'm sure they do think that way because they don't like giving up prospects, and they certainly don't like, for example, if somebody said, I want Mitch Keller and Will Craig, and I'll give you whatever. Uh, like You're giving away prospects. They love prospects. You have to admit that. They want to prospects me, to, ser- to move up and do what Reynolds and Newman have done. Yes, those guys have taken advantage, and those are guys they you know, acquired and drafted. So that's what you want, but if you give them away, you may be uh, – again, i, I got to believe that they're going to be somewhat dis- disillusioned with doing it again uh, based on what happened last year. That doesn't mean they shouldn't do it. I'm just saying it will affect well, everything. Well, it's always great if prospects work out, and, and I am pleased – that they have had more uh, position players uh, working out in recent years than they had in the past. Yeah, they need that. Uh, they haven't had any, basically. Right, but but to me, the main the main purpose of a prospect is to trade them because they are only potential. And if I can get somebody that is proven to be good for two or three potentials, I'll make that trade every day. Yeah, but some of those thanks, Tom. Some of those potentials turn out to be Glass now and Newman and. Who knows what Shane Baz is? And those are the guys who you draft for a reason. So it's risky business, yes, but if you're trying to win something and if you feel like you're in a position, that's the question ultimately they will have to answer. Which leads us to a topic we haven't broached here today, but I'd like to, and that's Phil Kessel. Because we're talking about trading, and Jim Rutherford has made very clear that he would like to trade him. In fact, did trade him in the Minnesota trade. And it was a good trade, it looked like, at least because you got cleared his salary, plus you got some people, younger people coming into the organization, and yet it didn't go down because Kessel can say no. Kessel, uh, I don't, you know, I'm not sure his motives, I'm not sure what he wants, I'm not sure, uh, he probably wants to play in the top six, but that seems not possible given um, the way they're thinking over there, so it's going to be interesting, and here's the other thing it ties to, it ties to Mike Sullivan who will enter this year unless they change it as a lame duck coach. That is one year left on a deal with no deal after that. So at some point, it may come down to a power struggle between Kessel and Sullivan, which is not a surprise if you followed some of the stuff. Uh, You know, Sullivan's not enthralled with some of the way Kessel plays. And Kessel, you know, the one thing you'll say about Kessel, and I'll say this all the time, he goes out there and he plays. He doesn't miss games. He puts up his points. Um, he can help teams. There's no question in my mind who needs some help offensively. But more than anything else, the Penguins would like to get rid of that contract. They need some move maneuverability in the salary cap, which they do not have right now, not much of it anyway, and the salary cap didn't go up all that much. So I think it's come to that. Now Jim Rutherford says, hey, you know, this was overblown. I, my intentions are I listen to things. But but you did make a trade. There was a trade made, and it was turned down by the player. So – We'll see what they do moving forward. But that's going to be interesting to follow 
as the Penguins just had their prospect and development camp coming in, they have a new Matt Murray goaltender, which I found intriguing. A nice young kid who plays at UMass, same name. Uh, carries with it, obviously, a lot of uh, kidding. Uh, hey, you're Matt Murray, but not the Matt Murray. He wants to become his own Matt Murray, uh, and he might be able to do that. They need goaltending depth in the organization, no doubt. They may even trade Tristan Jari this year in an effort to get something, and if so, it doesn't leave a lot in their system. So there's a lot of still you know, things going on in the Penguin organization right now that uh, they'll be looking at over the next several weeks, uh, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I still believe, and I said this all along, I'm not going to change. Phil Gessel will be traded. He won't. That's my belief. I may be wrong with that one, but it, it's, it seems like they just don't want him around here for a lot of different reasons. So here we go. We'll see how it goes. In the meantime, more calls on the way about what I told you about, which was Vasquez. Do you make the deal or not? If the Dodgers give you three legit prospects, let's say, or whatever Neil Huntington demands, if they meet that demand, do you trade Felipe Vasquez? And more importantly, when does that happen? Does it happen now or does it happen later? And if it happens later, that indicates you've fallen back a little bit. If it happens now, it's a more difficult decision because you're not necessarily sure how the rest of this division is going. There are injuries that every team is dealing with right now, and each of these teams has flaws. Would it bother you to win a flawed division? No, it shouldn't. You win a division, you win a division. That's just the way it is. It is a flawed division. If the Pirates or any of these teams were in other divisions, they'd be you know, a way back. Some of these records that you see from the Minnesota Twins and others put you in a bat. Now, this is a year it could be available, and I think you have to make decisions accordingly there. 412-928-9370. We have Jason Reher on Twitter. He says, hey, the KD Pomp Show today, a Yunzer call attack. They want to trade Vasquez, and they like Jose Asuna. That's right, Asuna. <laughs> hey. It happens, man. We always want the calls and opinions. You're welcome here at 412-928-9370. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, you can join the PM team, Pony and Muller, on July the 1st. That's this coming Monday at Mike's Beer Bar. Across from the ballpark as Mike's kicks off a celebration of Pittsburgh area craft beers. All month of July, all 80 taps at Mike's will flow with Pittsburgh area craft brews. That's Monday, July the 1st. And thanks once again to our sponsors of PNC Bank for the Achiever in you, Allegheny Health Network, health for all. And number one, Cochran, go one better. At number one, Cochran. So we've been talking a lot about the Pirates, and I threw some Phil Kessel stuff in there. You call, you react, as Mark in Florida has done. He joins us right now on the fan hotline. Hello, Mark. Great to talk to you, Bob. I think it's a tribute to you. You're getting calls from all over the country today. Tennessee, California, Florida. Yeah, I'm very flattered by that, and thank you for calling from FLA. I will tell you, I'm only interested in uh, I knew Vasquez. I've watched him since he played for the Tampa Bay Rays in the minor leagues when he first signed. And I'm only interested for the Pirates if they can get one player for the Dodgers, and that's Kiebert Ruiz, who scouts unanimously say is the number one catching prospect in baseball. And uh, he's close to the majors. He's he's in double-A right now, and he's ready to make the jump. And he sort of would be like what Glaber Torres was in the Chapman trade with the Yankees and the Cubs back a couple years ago. Mark, but I heard they really are adamant about not moving him. They have Russell Martin back there right now. They have uh, He's one of the guys who, besides him, they don't have many other replacements for uh, the current you know, well, twosome of catchers. The Los, media, the Los Angeles media, the Dodgers have talked about moving Will Smith, the kid that recently came up and hit a couple of prodigious home runs. I'm sure you saw him the last couple yeah. weeks. But yeah, he was one of those I, three I, rookies that hit walk-offs on the same weekend, three in a row. 
But, but I mean, I'm not selling Vasquez unless I get somebody really premium. And the other thing, if the Archer injury puts him on the DL, watch for a kid in Altoona right now, Pablo Lopez. I'm sorry, Pablo Vasquez. He's a right-handed pitcher the Pirates have that a lot of scouts are very high on, and I wouldn't be surprised if he makes the jump to Pittsburgh to make a spot starter, too. All right, Mark, thanks very much. Appreciate the call from Florida. I'll keep an eye on that name. I've heard that name, but he's a premium prospect. I would even want more than that. Uh, to me, Vasquez, if the Dodgers are willing and if they really believe – that they need this piece, they'll be willing to overpay you. And I think that's how Neil Huntington has to approach it, at least the way I would. Uh, what about a guy like Dario Agrizol? Watching him pitch twice, he's basically the same age as Mitch Keller. And yet, you know, he's kind of an afterthought. But he came I thought he handled the Astros after the leadoff home run the other day by George Springer. I mean, he was terrific. I would not hesitate bringing him back up and giving him a spot and say, let's go. I mean, what's not to like about him until he shows he can't handle it? He showed me a lot after that first pitch. And when Springer hit that home run, I said, man, this is going to be one of those games. But it wasn't because he settled down, retired the next, how many hitters? Over six innings, 18 outs he got. And and really, really good at at what he was doing. So uh, that's encouraging to see a guy like that. I still wonder about Mitch Keller. I know he's had a rough go up here. And he has to be better from the beginning. But, man, he is your top-end talent. I would love to see he's 23, going to be 24 here, and then I don't know how many months away. But the point is, it's about time. He needs to step up and start doing it. Can he do it now? Will they use him now? I don't know. Depends on the health of everybody moving forward. And if Archer can't go, they're going to have to make another decision, and we'll see what they do with it. But today, again, the Pirates will be action. Those of you who are asking, it's on Fox tonight. It's 8:15. Pirates and Brewers, first pitch. The preview here on 93.7 The Fan, which has done every single game with Dan Zangrilli and Jack Zarensic at 6.50. Jordan Lyles is back on the mound. He had a good rehab start the other day, seven innings. He only gave up one run. They need him to get back to where he was just because uh, he was better than advertised and certainly better than anyone would have thought after a $2 million one-year deal he signed. But that's the kind of value the Pirates um, have gotten for him, so... He's also a candidate, you know, you get to a point where if he can give you something in a trade, if someone needs an arm, and let's say he has two good starts here in the next two, and as someone out there before the deadline says, hey, we want to again, it would depend on where the Pirates are and what they have in their pitching department uh, based on health and production. Uh, if he does that, you know, I, w- I wouldn't be unwilling to trade. I still think the Pirates need more than what they have on this roster. They have some good young pieces, and it's been nice to watch guys take advantage of opportunities. But it goes to show you at the beginning of the year, you know, Matty, the Pirates were in a position where Kevin Newman was not part of their current plan, and neither was Brian Reynolds. If there were no injuries, those guys never would have gotten that chance to play. Cole Tucker took advantage of it, too, to a degree. I mean, he a little overmatched, but at the end, offensively, but defensively, looks smooth as can be out there. You wonder about the future in second base. Adam Frazier is more to me of this utility guy who can do a lot of things. He can play the outfield. He can play infield. He can come off the bench. They've gotten a lot of production out of their bench, which I didn't see coming. That's another thing that I've been shocked about. But you could put Newman potentially at second base, uh, although he's played well at short. Or you can move someone else over there not uh, named Frazier. Frazier's still a good part of the team. I like him on the team. I think he's a utility guy, but I wouldn't go beyond that. So we'll see. Gung, I'm done with Gung. I mean, he's a right-hand hitter, but I haven't seen enough to make me think he has a future role in this organization. But he also won't be traded because I don't think there's anyone out there who's going to trade a lot to get him. 412-928-9370.
Charles Wyatt on Twitter hits me up, and you can do so also at KD Palm. He says, Pirates seem to surge this time of the season, but usually come back to earth after the trade deadline. Consistency is what appears to be missing. No trade can change that. I believe changes need to be made in administration, but ownership seems satisfied with the status quo. That's a good tweet, Charles, and I would agree with it. Um, you know, I think ownership, if you're competitive and you miss out, okay, you're competitive. And that's enough for them to go and business as usual. I think it's going to take something other than business as usual. And again, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I am not advocating eight-year, $190 million deals for people. I'm not doing it. What I'm saying is there's a time and a place where spending money, like, for example, Keiko again, I go back to that example, I still think he's going to play a pivotal role for the Braves. I may be wrong. They put $13 million on it. I think maybe, you know, people keep saying, well, maybe the Pirates tried and we don't know about it. Okay, maybe they did, but we haven't heard one stitch of evidence that they had. I would have liked to see them be very bullish and, and bring the guy in, just even if it's one year, just because they needed help at the time. Could have helped them out. And if, if, if they miss by a game or two, you can look back at all of these situations and wonder, well, does that, how much of that impacted where they are and a chance, cost you a chance to get into a situation where you could have had a postseason. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. It's also the number of the fan hotline and text messages, which are brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates. 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder and Associates reminds you to text responsibly. You know, we're getting closer to um, football season, at least the start of it at the end of July coming up. And it will be interesting. I've looked at over and under totals about the Steelers. I bring this up only because uh, we've gone through two hours of pirate talk here. So just for a change of um, pace, the Steelers are nine and a half or nine, depending on who you go to. Uh, it seems like most places have the Browns, based on over a number numbers, as the team to beat. And I still cannot come to grips with that. I can't because I have to see it first, I guess, before I believe it. I don't know that Baker Mayfield after everyone's seen him for one year, will be as good. Does he have the talent? Absolutely. Does he have weapons? Absolutely. Does he have an offensive line? Absolutely not. I think that's going to be a weak spot for them. I do. And I think it may affect how he performs. He has the athleticism to do what Roethlisberger does, get out of the pocket and make plays. He's shown that. Can he do it consistently? Can they do it when he sees more pressure than he may see? You know, I don't know if you know about this, but Roethlisberger, by the end of he has been sacked over, I think it's 510 or eight times in his career. Um, when you think about all the ones that could have been sacks that he evaded to make plays, I mean, you, that number could be even higher. When it's all said and done, he'll probably be the most sacked quarterback of all time, and yet the results that he's put up are, are spectacular given that. I think that's very impressive, and I'm looking forward to this. I think there's going to be a lot of competition, a lot of different positions, and I think uh, with hopefully no crazy distractions – I think they're in a situation where they could uh, sneak up on people, which is something you don't necessarily hear from the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. Again, setting the stage for you tonight, you got the Pirates and Brewers, 815. Dan and Jack begin at 650. That's 10 to 7 tonight for the pregame show, and then they'll follow with a postgame show as well as the Pirates and the Brewers again, and then the Cincinnati Reds and the Cubs again, and the Cubs got bad news about Cole Hamels going to the DL, it looks like. And then you have the Cardinals struggling. They lost to the Padres last night. So everyone's losing. Someone needs to step up. And so far, the Pirates have been that team, 8-2 and two in their last 10. They need to keep it going to dig out from being 9 under 500 to where they are now 2 under 500. Jordan Lyles, again, is on the hill for this one. 
Hey, if you haven't been to a Riverhounds game, I would encourage you to do so. It's a great atmosphere over there at Highmark Stadium. They're playing a really solid round of soccer right now. They are, and they're going to be a factor in the playoffs. They got to the playoffs last year. They got ousted early, but I have a feeling this year could be a larger run for them. You'll see them against the Birmingham Legion FC at Highmark Stadium tonight at 7 o'clock, so check that out for sure. And now we've reached the uh, part of the program where I tell you about the weather. Brought to you by the KDK Weather Center and Sun Chevrolet. So today we have intervals of clouds and sun, warm, humid, a couple of strong thunderstorms potentially, depending on where you are. Any store can bring damaging winds. We saw that at Quicksilver Golf Club the other day. Trees uprooted everywhere, and that came out of nowhere. High of 86, clouds lingering tonight, low of 66, and tomorrow intervals of clouds and sunshine, breezy and less humid, high of 81. So here we go, Matt. Fan weather is brought to you by Sun Chevrolet and McMurray. The sun is shining, and it's time for Sun's Summer Sizzling Sell-Down Event on 93.7 The Fan. Hey, stick around. Paul's Ice is coming up next. He'll take your calls for the next three hours. Thank you for calling. Thanks for those of you who tweeted. Appreciate your input. As always, Matt, thank you for doing all the work behind the glass. I'm Bob Pompiani. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you tomorrow on the number one Cochrane Sports Showdown, KDKA-TV, each and every Sunday at 1135. Have a great weekend, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.